0: guys, my day. Like, I have no intro for you because my day just turned around so much. I always try to read my DMs, like just something I try to do always because I want to connect to my audience. I want to be accessible to you guys. I can't promise that I'll always answer, but I'm always going to read them. And I was going through my DMs, just seeing what the girls needed today, blah, 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 chilling, vibing, whatever. And I get this DM from this girl, Mora, and it is a DM telling me that she's trying to get fucking rid of, she's trying to get fucking rid of her tickets to Funny Girl on Broadway tonight. And did I want to go? And I don't know if you guys know this. I don't know if you know this, but Leah Michelle departs funny girl in literally less than a month. And I've been trying to get tickets to see her again. And this is just, this is iconic truly. Like there's nothing I've never experienced something like this. Like I am, I'm vibrating. I am vibrating. I'm a high, I'm high vibration right now. Anyway, all this to say karma is good. Like be good to the world and you'll get goodness in return. I was just listening to the Girls Gotta Eat episode and it's titled, I'm going to actually pull it up right now so I can shout them out because you guys know I love that podcast and listen to them often, but it's titled The Seven Steps to Manifesting Your Best Life. And it was a really, really good episode. And there was a lot about like being positive and karma and like sending people positive energy and positive vibes that I really resonated with and loved. And I highly recommend you guys listen to this episode as well. Um, But back to what, our agenda is today. Very excited. I have an amazing guest today, a a a bookstagrammer for the new age. She's like more than a bookstagrammer. She runs a book club, Bad Bitch Book Club. Her name is Mackenzie. She's amazing. We talk all things books, all things book rec, starting your own like club community business. And it's just really inspiring. And we also have that episode up on YouTube. So if you prefer to watch, I did get it all videoed and that's really exciting. So Today's episode is really fun. I wanted to, you know, do some more book stuff because I feel like everyone's kind of in their reading era and it's like coming up on, it's coming up on fall and I feel like all too well season, like what are we doing other than reading? We're all just going to be reading and wallowing and yeah. So I I did want to incorporate some more bookish things and that's what we have on the agenda today. Of course, prior to that, I do have some updates, um, some lovely little updates. I went to Maine and I absolutely loved Maine. I, if you need recommendations, please DM me, but I just, okay. So (laughs) I might be like so dumb and I don't like to call myself dumb, but like I might be dumb. I thought for some reason, like in my head that Portland, Maine was as big of a city as like St. Louis, Missouri, or like, Philadelphia. Like for some reason I heard biggest city in Maine and I thought it must be giant, just not realizing that like it's it's more of a large town small city feel and I actually prefer that. But it was just so fun. It was so interesting. I've never gone anywhere like with zero expectations or like zero knowledge of the place and really gotten to explore. And that was just such a refreshing thing. Like if you have the ability to just go to a place in America that you don't really know anything about and you're not super well-versed on, like, it's so interesting and special, and, like, I really, truly just had the the best time. Like, we had such a romantic time, such a special time, and, like, now I just want to make my new thing, like, going and visiting places in America that I don't know anything about, and, like, maybe I'm ignorant. Like, I did not know that Portland, Maine was, like, a population of 60,000. Like I thought it was giant and it was so lovely and darling and everything was amazing. I love Maine. So glad to have checked it off my travel bucket list, but I know I'll be back because it was so special and I'm home now. I'm excited to be home. I'm like literally buzzing out of control, like going fucking barrel and crazy about the fact that I'm going to see Funny Girl on Broadway tonight. Like I can't breathe, but, 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 but other than that, Things are just, they're moving along. You know, I'm planning the book tour and we're in the throes of that. And really, really soon, like really soon, like maybe in less than two more episodes, I'm going to start announcing book tour stops, book tour dates and where you can buy tickets. And I'm so excited for that. A lot of people have been asking a lot of questions about the book. I've been trying to answer on Instagram, but the TLDR is that the book tour will be taking place in theaters and event spaces. And there will be an option to come if you're under the age of 21, you just can't drink and there'll be wristbands at the door. We'll be carding people, et cetera, et cetera. But it's going to be amazing. And it's going to be, I think it's going to be a place that we can really build community and be together. And that's really what is the most important thing to me. So, that's really what we're, what we're working on there. Um, I haven't really been watching anything new. I have been watching the Kardashians. I told you guys this and like, I'm just like so in awe of Kim Kardashian and like her strength and grace. Like I really think she's incredible. So I've been loving the Kardashians. I haven't watched the summer. I turned pretty yet, but I've been hearing such mixed reviews. Like, do you guys think I'm going to be like, literally obsessed with it like I was last time or not because my mom said it's kind of cringe and we know cringe is a victimless crime but my mom said that the like writing and acting is so cringe she can hardly watch but I don't know if it's just because like it's not for her generation but that said she really really liked it last time so I'm like I don't know I haven't started it I also haven't read the books so I'm not as much so in the summer I turned pretty sphere as I feel like other people are but I have just been absolutely loving um, the Kardashians and we're still watching Prison Break but not as much And I'm still in my Sex and the City rewatch, still reading Eve Babbitt's. And that's really me. You know, things are happening. I have kind of a quiet weekend this weekend, which is great. We're doing like a triple date with my brothers and their significant others and going to the Comedy Cellar this weekend, which I'm so excited about. Haven't been there in forever. And it's just so much fun. So I'm really looking forward to that. And then next weekend I'll be in Austin. So I'm very excited. Favorite place. And I think that kind of wraps up my summertime travels, which will be good to kind of just get reset before the fall, before everything revs up with the book and we're in, you know, high time. And it's going to be wild, but I'm really looking forward to it. I apologize if you guys don't read and it doesn't excite you to listen to me have a conversation about books. But even if you don't read, I think that this conversation might inspire you or just give you some recommendations and get to know Mackenzie better. And maybe you want to join the book club. Maybe you've been looking for something to do. And that was another reason I wanted to have her on. Maybe you've been looking for a way to fill up your days, fill up your life, make community, make friends. Like her book club is so much more than a book club. It's not just one book a month. There are different genres, like little mini like cohorts where you could join like that specific genre and read their book of the month instead of like the main book of the month. And then they do activations and trips and events. And it's just it's so lovely. I think it's a really nice way to kind of like make community center yourself and find a hobby. So without further ado, I think we'll get into the interview. I love you guys very much. I hope you're doing well. I am so just... I'm just feeling so good and inspired lately and I hope that I can pass off some of that energy to all of you. And if you need anything, you know that I'm always there and I love you very much and I'm sending you a big hug from afar. And without further ado, here is my lovely interview with Miss Mackenzie. I'll see you guys next time. Hello. Hi, everybody. This is Mackenzie. Welcome to the show. We've been planning this for so, so long. I feel like When did we talk about it? Summer, I turned pretty. Yes, like almost
1: two months ago.
0: Yes, and I have admired you so much. I'm going to let you give your little elevator pitch because I like people to introduce themselves because I feel like they can do it better than a bio that I read or like what I know about you from online. But I've just admired your, the way you are a reader, like how you are a reader, not just like you like to read, but like your book club and like the way that you post about books and all of that for so long. So I'm so excited to talk to you today.
1: Oh, thank you so much. Um, and I was prepared to introduce myself because I listened to some episodes of the podcast. I love, so I was, yeah.
0: Like, I always feel like when I go on someone else's podcast and they give like all my credentials, I feel like they're worried about messing it up because who knows, like the bio on my website might be outdated or something like that. Or They're like, I don't know, like, what is her, like, most recent thing that she wants to, like, mention or, like, how she wants to describe herself. So I always like to let people, like, tell the audience about themselves.
1: I appreciate that. Also, last time I was on a podcast, they did introduce me wrong and I was like, this is so awkward. awkward. Those numbers are really awkward. Wait, also, because
0: then you have to be like, oh, that's not the year I graduated and I didn't go to that school. (laughs) But it's okay. I understand why you might have thought that. Like, it's always, but anyway.
1: Yeah, so I am Mackenzie Newcomb. I am an entrepreneur in the book space. And for the most part, what I do is I facilitate friendships amongst adults who like to read, doing so through retreats and like online community options and all sorts of things.
0: See, I just love this so much. And like, I want to talk more about community and everything, but I feel like, and I always talk about this when you get into your like mid late twenties, you start realizing how much more difficult it is to find community because like when you were growing up, all of the structures that you had kind of like maintained your friendships for you, like clubs, groups, sports, sorority, college, whatever it is. And then you graduate and then you're like, oh, how do I even like see my friends or meet new people or like form new relationships. And it has to be through things like book club. And like there has to be people at the helm of that who are like, I'm going to create community.
1: Oh, yes. How many book clubs have we all been in that have lasted like maybe three months? Yeah. We're six years. No. And and it's like,
0: this is silly. (laughs) So a little bit more about you. I was reading about like where you went to college and what you went to college for and like all that good stuff. Were you always like a huge reader? Did you always think like, I'm going to graduate and I'm going to you know, start a book club and it's going to become really large and it's going to be a huge <laughs> fucking deal. Did you always think that that was going to happen or were you like, I want to do something else with my life?
1: No, not at all. So like when I was younger, um, I read a lot. I read all the books everyone else read, right? I read yeah. Gossip Girl, The Click, Sisterhood of the, the Traveling click. Pants, TTYL. The Click is my shit. Yes, the Click
0: is the, my shit.
1: All the cool girl books. Like yeah. I was reading the cool girl books. Yeah. Um, but I wasn't like a vocarious reader. Um, I have ADHD. I've never, I wasn't a really great student as you probably noticed when no. you saw that I went to Suffolk University. University in Boston, you're like, never heard of that. Yeah, that checks. Um, (laughs) But But you do not
0: need to be a good student to be smart. No, no. I'm also ADHD and a bad student. Like, I definitely perform well in school. but I think that was a lot of parental pressure. I'm not a good student. I have trouble focusing and I have trouble with authority. And so like those two things, classrooms are not a good environment for...
1: Same. Your girl. No, same. And no, and I know that now, but I didn't really know that yeah, when I was yeah. like fourteen, you know. It's 15. tough to know that when you're a kid. It's hard, it's hard to know that when you're a kid. Um, so when I went to school, my initial plan was you know, I wanted to do something either with like magazine journalism. I ran her campus at my school. Um, Or I don't know if you guys had her campus, but it was. Pretty, I did it, it too. Pretty yeah. often. <laughs> so I was in fun. charge of campus cutie, so I was Wait, quite so fun. I was quite popular. Very popular. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone wanted to get to know me in college. Um, And so I thought, you know, I do something in magazine journalism, or I do something in fashion. All my internships in college were um, as good as you could get: Boston fashion internships. Yeah. So um, then I entered the workforce in New York in 2016, and. I I realized quickly, I'm like, oh no, I don't have this generational wealth that is required or, or like the, to get into the fashion industry yeah, um, or these like connections or anything like that. And I was like, okay, well, no big deal. Um, I worked for a beauty startup when I first got here and it was horrible. I lasted four months. My boss was super <laughs> abusive. No, yeah, um, no, And I got a job offer um, for Petrosian Caviar. Love. Um, Love. Yes, yes. And I did, the, I started off as the assistant to the CEO of the US um, making, Sick. I was 22 making 75K, which was like the big bucks back then. Okay, guys. So you're hearing it first right here, right now. Work for Petrosian Caviar. Yeah, like, seriously. Go fucking work for Petrosian Caviar. Food in general, like food. And like so true. It's like, it, there is not, there really is not money in fashion until you get to a high point. There really isn't money in beauty but until you get to high there's money in hospitality. There's a lot of money in hospitality, um, which I found out. And I was like, okay, slay. I'm living in Astoria. I'm rich as can be. Like, things yeah, are going good. Things are going well. Um, and I loved my job there. I ended up getting promoted and I was in charge of all, like... Uh, brand and celebrity partnerships, like all the influencer partnerships. It was so much fun. I've
0: actually done something with them before. Really? Yes. Last year, the night before my birthday, don't ask why I remember, they invited me to a masterclass with like a master like caviar person to like teach us how to taste. And like, I love caviar. Like if I I could pick a guilty pleasure of food, like something on a special occasion that I will request that I get to go to a restaurant that has it because I will pay the money for it because I think it is such a treat. And so I went, and it was so fucking fun and interesting. I got so drunk. I was, like, sho- shoveling caviar. Loved the Petrosian Gang. I was like, this is the best. <laughs> it was
1: the best. And I was there for four years. And they oh, were, damn. like, the best four years. You we wow. were constantly eating caviar with, like, Martha Stewart. Like, it, it, it was – Sorry, that sounds like your dream. <laughs> it was amazing. It was perfect. Um, And I loved it so much. But I – also, it's a 100-year-old company. And I was in charge of, like, you know, social media and influencer partnerships. And it moves really slowly. And so I had a lot of free time and so in my free time I was like well I um am bored and I'm reading a lot of books a lot of books um the reason I started reading and this is to answer your original question is um the 2017 the 2016 election really got to me and I was reading the news constantly Mm. and so I was like oh okay like I need to peel my eyes off CNN and the New York Times um but I've been reading so much like maybe I could translate this into books and so A fun fact about myself is I'm really into New Year's resolutions. I almost always accomplish my New Year's resolution. Love. And I decided that my New Year's resolution for 2017 would be to read 50 books. Shit, that's
0: a lot. And
1: I did that and I like recorded it on my Instagram and my blog and people wanted to join in for the following year. So the following year I was like, okay, let's do this together. And like I may as well create a book club. And I came up with the idea of Bad Bitch Book Club thinking this was for my friends and like followers of my like 2,000-person Instagram account. Um, We have 25,000 followers, 25,000 members now for context. Um, I just thought it would be for my friends and like, you know, the the very few loyal followers I had and it ended up growing 100 members in the first month and it just kept growing and growing and growing and growing. Um, But it was just an email newsletter. It was just to discuss books via a Facebook group Um, and then it kind of exploded. But no, it was never part of the plan. Um, If I, thank God I didn't have like imposter syndrome back then Mm. because I was like, reading five years i was so delulu like no. <laughs> i was reading wicked old books like i yeah. was like more delulu than caitlin bristow like making yeah. you, seven husbands of Evelyn hugo her first like book club pick yeah no offense caitlin it's a good book but well, what the fuck um <laughs> oh, wait am i allowed to swear <laughs> yeah, yeah okay right, right. Um, i'm always swearing but yeah i was just in my delulu girl era and so i started this book club and a lot of people joined and it ended up just becoming it, it became so big that eventually i had to quit my job
0: yeah I love that. That's amazing. I it really resonate with resonated with me when you said that like you found reading or like fell into love with reading rather through like a time in your life where you were like experiencing like a lot of stress from like other things, read the election and consuming that much news. I feel like that's true for a lot of people. And I was recently talking about with my therapist how like I feel a lot of anxiety that the world is like so awful and unsafe. I have like a lot of health and safety related anxiety. I'm a very like worrisome person. Mm. And she was talking to me about how like actually like we just have a lot of like people and like mediums telling us how bad the world is, but it's actually like not necessarily worse than it's been. It's Mm -hmm. just that like you are so, you access all this information at such a high volume, whether it's you reading the news, because that's something that we should be doing on a daily basis, or just watching TikTok, being on Twitter, threads, Instagram, whatever it is. And like you have to balance that out with things that just like make you feel good even if that's like fucking sex in the city (laughs) and I was like you're so right like it is such an influx of information on a day-to-day basis that can make you feel so heavy and something like reading is such a beautiful escape to that
1: it really is and you would not believe how many of our favorite authors I've interviewed a lot of authors started writing immediately after that election like Emily Henry wrote Beach Read after that election because she needed something to make herself feel good
0: what would we do without Emily Henry? know seriously, what would we do without Emily Henry? I actually like TLDR, guys. I was talking to her team about her coming on the pod. And they said, not right now, but before Funny Story comes out. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I'm going to scream, cry, throw up. I will fly wherever she is. Book a studio because I just want to meet her. You're in Ohio. Yeah, no, I'm like, <laughs> I'm showing up in fucking Ohio like... I will. Um, but you mentioned like other book clubs and like celebrity book clubs. I'm curious because I was actually listening to a podcast yesterday where they were talking about like who they thought out of all the like high, high celebrities, like Reese, Oprah, all these people, like who do you think has like the best book club with like the best picks? And like if you were to join one, what one would it be?
1: Oh, it's not even a question. It's
0: Jenna Bush. It's Jenna Bush. Okay. They were saying that too. They yeah. Were like, she's it's the Jenna best.
1: Bush. I mean, she has the most diverse picks. I, I think she genuinely reads them all. Like the, it, I think that she's like, undoing some of her father's work with her book selections like she's showing what kind of person she is with the books that she picks she's really quick to pick debut authors she's really quick to pick authors of color um i think either she as an individual or the people on her team are doing a really good Good job
0: job. yeah okay and i think
1: everyone else is doing a bad job
0: yeah Well, fair is fair. Uh, that was like a random question that I didn't think to ask you, but it just like, you triggered a thought for me when you were talking before. I was like, I wonder what she thinks is the best one. Oh yeah. I'm so, Um, I'm so
1: honest. I'm like, honest to a fault. Someone's going to, yeah. You're like, like, somebody's (laughs) going to fucking get their head chopped off. So
0: when you like started this book club, obviously it started from the ground up, but now you have to do a lot of like community building and like, it is a business. Can you, talk me through like what that was like, especially coming from a background where like you were working in like pretty typical jobs that maybe didn't require the same skill set. And, like, community building is such an interesting skill set that a lot of people don't talk about. What has that been like for you?
1: Yeah, so it was probably – it was 2020 when um, people were not engaging with people in real life that we really started <laughs> – um, Shutting the, down. Yeah, we, no one was seeing anyone except yeah. maybe through, a wit, like, a glass yes, window. Yes. Um, That we started our uh, virtual events, these just meetups that are mostly on Zoom. So they're really, like um, – real book club meetups yeah. with your friends. Like, they, they usually run from, like, anywhere between 15 and 40 people. Yeah. Uh, they're pretty small. Like they're, yeah. um, We offer them weekly. um, And so we just started offering them for books that were really popular at the time. So, like, okay, yeah. at the moment when COVID happened, um, like, Jessica Simpson's memoir was popping. So we were like, okay, let's meet up yeah. to discuss Jessica Simpson's memoir. Yeah. And then once we realized, okay, that people are really liking this, but they want more time, they want more options, we started coming up with programming. Okay. Um, So our programming looks – now it's evolved. We had a lot more options during COVID. Like we had 8 to 10 meetups a month during COVID. Um, That's amazing. But now it looks a little bit more like, okay, each season it's a new genre and it's volunteers. Well, they were volunteers. Now they're paid. Yeah. um, That run them. So – Falls kicking off in September with Ghoul's Night Out, which is our thriller group. So, so people fun. come every year. It's our fourth year in a row. That um, they it. come for three months in a row. They have a they have a thriller book club pick and they discuss it with the leaders so of the the Ghoul's Night Out group. Yeah. Um, in the spring we have something called the Romance Challenge and it's six romance novels in six weeks. And love so every it. week you talk about a different romance novel and the people who run it are way more qualified than myself to do so because they are reading the, like, deep-cut Kindle Unlimiteds, but also the books that everybody's reading. Yeah. So people really find their space within our club because it's all run by the best of the best, and they know they're going to find great books. Yeah. As far as, like, making it a business, um, again, in, tw- like, uh, what was, oh, my gosh, when did I actually start charging people? Early 2020. No, it was still 2020. Um, mid-2020, like, probably right around this time, um, I was just like, I am working so hard at this. Yeah. I am giving people so much. And, like, drop shipping merch is not moving any kind of needle. Yeah. Like, it's – and also, it's not really sustainable. Also, when
0: you're working a full-time
1: job. I'm working a full-time job. And at yeah. this time, I'm with a company called Tracker, which does influencer marketing. So, it's an influencer marketing software platform. Cool. So, I'm creating um, content for brands like Revlon and L'Oreal. Like, yeah. big beauty brands. Yeah. Um, and so I'm like, I'm so busy. I need to make this work for me. So I started yeah. a Patreon. Love. Um, And people were really quick to want to join and support. Of course, there will always be people who think that all content should be free. Yeah. Like I'm a library. Yeah. Um, but, no, but for the most part, um, people were happy to contribute. At the time, it was $7. And then I realized the average Patreon was $12. And I was like, okay.
0: Up the end, it.
1: I was like, I feel as though. I'm offering you all at least the average. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm going to raise this. Yeah. Um, but people have the offer, option of staying grandfathered in if they were like one of the first few signups. Okay. So yeah. To be at $7. Um, and so I started making money through that. And that has paid like my stout, my rent and like my student loan bills for like, you know, the last three years. Um, as well as now. And it gives me the opportunity to pay the people who volunteer within the club. Yeah. Which has really helped with community building. Knowing the people who are doing things are getting paid.
0: Yeah. People really like that. It's so important. It's so important. I also think people on the internet in general don't really understand, and like this is not me patronizing people at all, but I don't think they understand the work it takes for something like a book club. Like I think a lot of people would be like, Why would she charge? This is ridiculous. All she has to do is pick a book. And it's like, that's actually factually inaccurate because not only are you picking a book and making sure it's accessible to everybody, then everybody can get it. And then you're answering everybody's questions. Then you have to plan all of the events to make sure that everybody can make them so that then there's going to be someone, well, I really wanted to come to this. Can you also add one on this day or blah, blah, blah. Can we switch the time of this? Blah, 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 blah. You're going to have all of that going on. Then you're going to have to come up with the discussion questions and the facilitation topics and all of that good stuff. Then if you want to like throw in a fun thing, you're going to have to plan that. Then you're going to have to like be coordinating with people and hiring people that can help you. It's so much work and people will look at it and be like, all she's doing is picking a book. And that's so frustrating because there's so, so much work that goes behind it.
1: Oh yeah. There's so much work. And also like, if you just pick a book and you're like, oh, everyone's talking about this book and then you end up choosing it and reading it. It could be like a wildly problematic book. Oh yeah. And you don't have any idea until you told 20,000 people to read it. No, which yeah. Which I did in April. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh really? What book was it? Do you mean Big Swiss by Jen Began. I've not heard Oh my of God. I interviewed the author. She... Her first okay, – I have to tell everyone this. This okay. is really, really juicy. Okay. Oh, shit. So she entered the – um, she entered our book club chat. So we do – author's Q&As are almost every month. I'd say like every That's other cool. month the author comes and talks to our book club about the book that we picked. So again, something that takes a lot of time yeah. and organizing. Um, She comes on and she, we're like – I give her the option of introducing herself. And she goes, oh, I'm going to start off with two truths and a lie about why oh, – oh, I'm sorry. The question was – what gave you the idea to write this book, Big Swiss? And for those who don't know, Big Swiss is about um, a transcriber at a therapist office who like stalks a person whose therapy session she's transcribing in the Hudson Valley, and they end up in like a sapphic relationship.
0: Wild. It's a fun, it's a fun it's a
1: fun book. I that thought,
0: sounds like a great um, synopsis. Like I'm in to read that. Yeah. Oh well, yeah, like, it was very like,
1: much a me book. It was very yeah, much a, like, like I, I love, love a yeah. bitchy protagonist. Yeah. Um. So I thought that you know she just had a really active imagination. No, so um, I'm like, okay, what gave you the idea to write Big Sweat? And she's like, okay, two truths and a lie. Like one, like I used to work as a transcriber. Um, Two, um, I like live like lived in the Hudson Valley in like an old home that was like that was creaky, just like crazy. And three, like my mother um, had bipolar and um, died of by suicide. Can you guess what the lie was?
0: My mother? Have I? Born? Yeah, her mom didn't die. Her mom
1: was alive. That's
0: like so nutso. That's like so cuckoo, choo to like so show up and be like, "This is what we're going to talk about today." But then she's is she basically admitting that the book is like based on a true story and like she's yeah. the person that was the stalker. Like
1: uh, not fully, but like she definitely like the the, the book. The you know the, all the problems come from the mom's death. And she's like, well, that's not, that's not my inspo because my mom's alive. And we're like, oh my god! And that was the first five minutes of this interview. It was an hour long. I interview. also think it's like so
0: problematic to just be like two truths and a lie and use like meant something that I know. Like that's like a really like not okay thing to do. I like know. make your third thing like I don't like French fries. I'm I Like what? I know. And I'm
1: like my mom does have bipolar, so I'm like,
0: yeah, no, I'm I'm have a lot of um, unfortunate like experiences with specifically people taking their own lives that have been close to me. I can imagine that your people in your book club were like, what's going on? This we're is so sweating. well, you're probably freaking out. Cause you're like, I had no idea that this person <laughs> was going to come here and just start like yeah. leveraging mental health as a two truths and a lie.
1: No. And I, luckily this is like my hundredth or so interview, So yeah. like I could, able to... I had all the questions ready, but I was like, were you just like, Whoa. Oh, okay. I, I, well, I was like, I asked her if her mom was alive, and she's like, "Yeah," and I'm like, "I don't think she'd like that joke." And then I just moved on. Yeah, because I had an hour with her. It's also
0: not a joke. It's just not a, not not a, a bad up. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. Um. But I, I'm kind of curious. Like, how do you select a book, and like, what kind of, I guess, research goes into like you selecting a book and making sure it's like unique, and. Something that you think people are going to like.
1: Yeah, so we have a few criterias. So one, the book has to be published within the last year and a half. Okay. Um that wasn't always a rule, but um, it's it, and it's just a rule for book of the month slot, like slash our Patreon. book. Cool. So like okay. the one that we really project to everyone. Yeah. Um, we have like has to be under four hundred pages because okay. uh, with unless it's a YA novel, because YA novels tend to read really fast. I, I like uh, the fonts bigger too. The fonts bigger, and we only do two YA novels a year. So. Okay. It's where that comes into play. Um, And then we take into consideration all the books that it's been surrounded by. So if we read a thriller last month, we're not reading a thriller this month. We're not reading a thriller the next month. There usually is like a quarter in between everything. Um, Like maybe one romance novel, a quarter, one fantasy novel, a quarter, um, one mystery, a quarter kind of thing. We mostly read contemporary fiction. Um, And then, of course, I'm taking into account um, the author's background. So like, for example, um, this year we have had... Pretty like not great Latinx representation in our picks, and people, the Patreon members vote on the books. By the way, okay. I give them options, and then they, they, vote. they vote. So there's only so much I can do, but I can give them, you know, some guidance. Yeah. But um, as I'm curating the list for the remainder of the year, because I have to, like, I'm going on maternity leave, um, I'm like, I need to make sure that there's a book by a Latinx author.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. There's you know, I need to make sure every year we're reading a book by an indigenous author. I need to make sure every year that there is like, you know, enough queer books being chosen. So, um, it is a, like a balancing act, you know, making sure that we're reading books that are popular that people want to talk about. Um, and also making sure that the books that we're talking about, um, expand people's minds and stuff like that.
0: I think that's really a lovely sentiment that like you are focusing so much on diversity because I remember like when I was in college, one of my New Year's resolutions actually um, that I had one year, I had read a statistic or a story about this person who she wrote a book and then she went to um, like sell it to publishers and nobody bought it. And then she did it under a male pseudonym and it was eight times more likely to be purchased. Like eight times, like eight people, like eight times. times. So basically like the stat that came out, which is like, a very rough stacks. This is based on like one experience, but a very legitimate experience was that it's like eight, you're eight times more likely to get your book purchased and like published if you're a man, and so you can imagine that if you're also not a white woman, it would be even more difficult, and so. Once I read that, I was like, as somebody who wants to go into books in, like, a capacity but hopefully be an author one day, like, I'm not going to purchase books written by straight white men. If it, like, comes into my life, like, if someone gives me one or I have to read it for school or whatever, and I'm not saying, like, fuck Ernest Hemingway, like, fuck straight male authors. I'm just saying, (laughs) like, I'm just not – I'm just going to prioritize because I buy so many books, purchasing books by women, people of color, members of the queer community, indigenous authors, like all of that stuff and to see what happens. And first of all, I felt like I really got into a reading groove where I started to just like enjoy reading so much because I was discovering so many books. But also I never looked back. Like I still don't do it. I'm a little bit more flex. Like if I see one now that I want to read, I'll pick it up. But for the most part, my entire bookshelf no, no, really no straight white male authors. And so I really think it's like so amazing that your book club is like active, like you're actively in your brain. Like I need to make sure these are diverse choices and that even if people are voting otherwise, like, okay, well you guys voted, but still like I want to lift up these voices and make them heard and, like, make people fall in love with these authors. And I think that's, like, really special.
1: Oh, thank you. Yeah, there's a, there's some veto power I use sometimes. For yeah, the most part be i like, like, I gotta them. fucking veto
0: this. Yeah, I'm like,
1: sorry, y'all, like, we do not need to be reading this book because we've been reading a lot of books really similar to that yeah. recently.
0: We're gonna take a break to talk about one of our sponsors today. I am a gluten-free girl who is always on the go. And I've been so busy lately. And I've just been trying to, like, make sure I'm eating enough throughout the day consistently, especially when I'm jumping from one meeting to a podcast recording to the next. And what I've been loving is the mosh protein bars. And now I've had a long lengthy history with protein bars. I feel like I've tried them all. I really like when they're natural and it feels like really natural to be eating them and like they don't have a ton of preservatives or additives in them, but also they don't get oily or gross or crumbly. Like mosh is... Literally perfect. Whether you're at the gym, on the go, or between meals, mosh protein bars are the smart snack that you need to keep your brain and body fit, fueled, and feeling good. There are six flavors. Each has 12 grams of protein. And when I was going through my healing journey with my eating disorder and my eating problems, I was really focusing on protein and the amount of protein I was getting in because one problem I had was when I was restricting and binging a lot was I just lacked protein. So I love getting in that additional protein. And these bars are made with ingredients that support brain health as well, like ashwagandha, lion's mane, and collagen, which is great. And it's just, I don't know, like I've felt myself craving them as a snack. Your brain is really your number one tool, which is why Mosh protein bars were mindfully formulated by some of the top neuroscientists and functional nutritionists. And the taste is actually good. Like it's fresh and delish. It doesn't taste like chalk and it genuinely tastes like cookie dough. And it's really become part of my snack routine. So don't settle for a mediocre snack when you can nourish your body and mind with the fuel it needs to succeed. Mosh protein bars are really going to keep your brain and body feeling good. So you can head to moshlife.com slash miss. That's M-O-S-H-L-I-F-E dot com slash miss to save 20% off plus free shipping on your first six count trial pack. That's 20% off plus free shipping on your first six count trial pack, which includes all six flavors, which is great. And that's M-O-S-H-L-I-F-E dot com slash miss. Happy snacking. Love you. What is, I guess, like your current fave? Like what was, I guess maybe a better question is like, what has your fave been in 2023?
1: Oh, so yellow face by R.F. Kong. Okay. Everybody's saying this. Yeah. It's like, I, and I am not a contrarian. That's something, yeah. about, that's something about me is like, yeah. if something's good and it's good, I'm going to, it's, gonna, I'm, good. it's yeah. good. And yeah. I'm going to say it. Like, yeah. I think that yellow face by R.F. Kong is like absolutely brilliant. Um, it's definitely my favorite, um, like, Fi- like standard fiction novel that okay. has come out this year without a question. And it's going to be our, it's our book of the month pick for August. And
0: last year was tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow.
1: Yeah. Good memory. Which,
0: cause it was also mine and like, I need to reread it. I'm slightly triggered. So I don't know if you know this, I had this like whole appendix experience. Um, Everyone that listens knows cause I won't shut up about it. <laughs> but when my appendix like ruptured and like, I was like the most sick, it was a Saturday and I was in Michigan for work and I was reading tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow. And I had just gotten to page like 150, So you you know, that's really when it picks up. Mm. So I'm busting through it, like every chance I can get. And I am sick as fuck, like can hardly stand up straight. I think it's period cramps. I'm like planning to go to the doctor when I get home. And I got home on a Sunday and I had, was reading all day Saturday, like at night or whatever. And then on the plane, I was like doubled over in the most pain I've (sighs) ever been in my entire life. But I read and finished the last like 150 pages of the book. And because then it took a week for me to, like, get to the hospital and, like, actually, like, you know, get diagnosed and, like, get medication. A lot of things that I was doing or did in that week, I, like, I maybe I'm dramatic, but it just, like, makes me sick. Like, it reminds me of the feeling. It reminds me of, like, whatever. Oh so, like, that book is one of them. Like, the outfit I was wearing, like, I'm, like, get the fucking burn the outfit. Like, whatever. <laughs> like, the foods I was eating, like, it's literally rising nausea in my chest. But I need to reread the book because it was my favorite book of last year even in like the midst of death. know. I, I think it's like one of the best books I've ever read, to be honest. Perfect. The fucking sequence, like, okay, spoiler. The Mark's death coma sequence is maybe the best fucking 10 pages of writing that I have read in 10 years. Like, and that is like an absolute, like, I was like, oh my God. And so I have to reread it with a fresh head because I was like, down bad. And the I didn't know it good.
1: If you need, like, a, oh, if you want to try like a different a medium, refresh. maybe yeah. like listen to the audiobook. But I also want to say something about Gabrielle Evans and Tomorrow, Tomorrow, Tomorrow specifically is this was her 11th published book. That's awesome. Right? Like, yeah. this is her 11th published book and it was the book of last year. It won every award. Like, it was really, really, it made, it's the book that made her famous. It's a special So, book. like, if you're not there and you're selling like 2,000, you know, that minimum 2,500 copies of your book that, like, you need to like get that next book deal. Yeah. You're great, your great American novel. Like, it it's could be coming, coming up. It's, it's coming. coming. That's really inspiring. And be patient, right? Yeah, be patient. you been publishing for 20 years. Yeah, like, you
0: have to, like, be still and wait. And I think that's something that's, like, so... Yeah, that literally. great idea. It, it's going to come to it's you. It's going to strike at any moment. So, on the converse, overrated books. And, like, don't hold back. I oh, have mine. Oh, no problem. I okay. have, like, the hottest
1: take ever. And, like, people want me to die for it so okay let's do it okay so well you have to share yours also but um yeah. I'm going to share just my general unpopular opinion of the year okay and the books that fall into it okay um I think this is the year of the sophomore slump <laughs> <laughs> that's funny in a romance novel specifically that's okay yeah. um and I like they'll still send me arcs. so I don't have to worry about that but yeah. um I think that there was just a lot of books this year that I was just like Wow, this is, did this is what you got? Yeah. Um, so, for example, I thought Every Summer After was pretty good by Carly Fortune. Okay. Meet Me at the Lake.
0: Okay, I heard that. Yeah,
1: not very good. Prettier cover, so I'm sure she'll sell plenty yeah. of books. Um, I loved Ava Wilder's How to Fake It in Hollywood last okay. year. I thought her latest book, Will They or Won't They, was not great. Okay. Um. It's not a sophomore book. It's, like, her, like, fourth fourth adult novel. But I thought Happy Place was just okay.
0: I need to co-sign that wholeheartedly. Which like, is okay. I am a absolute stan of hers. I want everyone to know that. I think if Happy Place was her only book, I would have thought more highly of it. Mm. Does that make sense? yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. that was her only book. I would have been like, this is a fucking great book and I can't wait to see where this author goes next. But I feel like she was going. Like, she... Beach Read and Book Lover, like People We Met on Vacation is like definitely my like tertiary pick. Like the other two are top two for me. Those books are so fucking good. They're so fucking good that I like literally raced to get Happy Place and I was so excited. I read it in a day and I liked it, but I just thought a lot of it was like, for me especially, I think flashbacks are a great method as a writer, but I think they need to like make sense. And for me, of course, they were giving us extra information, but I feel like I had all the information I needed in the present and maybe we could have gotten more if we just like ditched all of those chapters because to be honest, they just made me like really feel like hollow and sad, but not like a good cry. Just like I'm sad. Like I feel depressed.
1: Oh, yeah. That's
0: what that's what my experience was reading it. Yeah. And also like,
1: spoiler, for her to quit medical school to become – no to pursue a hobby that she like Sorry. acknowledges is not – something she's good at
0: I just think it's also just silly like like the, there was this like the part at the end where that like she's trying to like almost like make it okay that she's gonna like follow this man and like I'm all for like following your man if you're in love like do it or like he should follow you like follow like that's love like you do that shit but I do think like abandoning her entire like everything she had worked so hard for for a hobby and a man and then trying to like she like reasoned around it a little bit and was trying Mm. to reason around it in the span of two sentences where I was like, I'm just not buying this. Like, I don't believe it. If it was believable, I think I would have been there, but I wasn't buying that. That's actually something that could have happened.
1: Yeah. She was just, I don't think they're going to be happy. And I don't think they're OTP. No, I don't think they stand a chance. So yeah, I think just generally the romance novels that came out this year were not to the caliber that they were last year. Um, another example is Carolia Um, She wrote Satisfaction Guaranteed. It's a sapphic novel. It's amazing. It's about um, a woman who inherits a sex toy shop from her dead aunt. Stop. It's so good. It's I'm reading so, that. so good. Um, that was her last book. Her book this year is called Behind the Scenes. It just didn't,
0: wasn't as good. It just like, it it didn't wasn't was not as good.
1: But there was one exception. Which is? Alyssa Sussman's new book. Did you read Funny? You Should Ask? Not yet. I okay. need to. It's on the list. Okay. Her, li- it's good. Okay. As the best cover. It's a great cover. Great cover. But her book that came out this year, Once More with Feeling, blows it out of the water, in my opinion. Oh, I wanna read it. It's X. Oh, it takes place at a theater camp. It's perfect for you.
0: Sorry, I'm going to the bookstore.
1: It was my special recommendation for you that I thought you'd really like. To the
0: bookstore. It's like actually eating me alive that. So basically, for influencers, and I'm sure you know this, but. You can't talk about any struck companies right now if you ever think you would want to join SAG specifically, so not oh. WGA, and I just don't know. I don't like foresee myself joining SAG in the future. Um I just don't foresee myself acting again, but I do have like an immense acting background and I do think if I ever and I do plan to go into TV and film writing and there is a world in which I might if that became like the thing that I wanted to do, TV and film writing, like maybe there's a world in which I would want to act again. Yeah. So I'm just not I'm just going to like not cross the picket line for that reason because I I'm just unsure. Okay. So I think a lot of people are like, do you want to act? Is that why you're not talking about films? And I'm like, I don't know. Like maybe. Mm. Like there's a small you're chance. Young, you're 25. Yeah. And even if even if the chance is 1%, I don't want to risk that eligibility. So okay. I'm not talking about films right now because struck companies. That's tough. And there's it's fucking tough right now.
1: Yeah. Because
0: there's one in particular and it's not the one that other people are thinking about that is like I very me coded. And it is killing me I before yes. the strike had two brand deals with them had to cancel both Ooh, it's tough choice but they understood of course and I'm like it's killing me because everyone's like what's your take what's your take and I'm like my take is silence for now but I'll read that book and then maybe I can have a take on that instead yes <laughs> yes it'll, it'll scratch the itch it'll, it'll scratch, scratch the, the itch. itch um so do you have like a favorite book of all time
1: um I have favorite authors of all time okay. so hey, my right. favorite romance author of all time is Kennedy Ryan okay in my opinion, to be able to call yourself like a well-versed romance reader, you must be reading Kennedy Ryan's books. She okay. is simply the best. Emily Henry regards her as the best. Yeah. Um, she's part traditionally published, part self-published. Love. Um, so she's my favorite author. I also like, listen, like like I said, I'm like every other girl. I like, I really like Taylor Jenkins Reads' books. I really like okay. Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. Um But I also, like, this year one of my favorite books was A Certain Hunger by uh, Chelsea Summers. Okay. Um, Really dark. Dark. Yes. Um, So I wouldn't say I have a favorite book, like, of all time. Maybe it is The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo, but I have to revisit it. Um, But I certainly have, like, my favorite author, which is Kennedy.
0: Okay. Love that. I have to look into her. Like, I... I have like phases. So in college I had a big ass phase where I didn't read any fiction. I was only reading personal essays and memoirs and poetry. And I actually think that was really good for like my development as a writer, because at the time I was writing a lot of essays and I mean, I I guess you would call me an essayist now. Um, and I don't think I'm always going to be an essayist, but like my first book is essays. So I, I read so many essays and then one day, at the end of my senior year of college which was 2020 right before we got sent home from covid i picked up a book by jennifer weiner jennifer weiner yeah yeah um i forgot which one mrs everything no that's not by her that would is have it? been 2020
1: and it is oh by that her. is by her
0: but picked that one up for no reason i think i liked the cover or actually i might have gotten it for free cuz i was reviewing books for the school newspaper mm-hmm. i might have gotten an arc and i read it and the fiction bug bit me again but I'm still such a nonfiction reader that I have to like remind myself. It's almost like when you do something for so long, like you don't even know you're allowed to do the other thing. Like I have to remind myself that fiction is the option, like that I should read fiction because I like it. So like I am I feel like I'm behind when we talk about fiction because like I've read like all these niche essay essay books and like poetry books, but fiction, I'm like, I feel like I'm getting into it now.
1: Um nonfiction book I'm really excited for is Roxane Gay's next book. I love Roxane Gay. I'm really excited I'm Very excited. That. She's a great writer. She just yeah. kills it. But I, I understand. And I feel that way. Not about nonfiction specifically, but I feel that way about, like, fantasy. Okay. Like, everyone reads a lot of fantasy. I don't. I, like, it's – in my world, everyone reads fantasy. And yeah, I just, like – I'm like, I'm does. not going to read Fourth Wing.
0: And everyone I – mean, and I'm the
1: only girl in the world that's not reading no, so it. So
0: my best friend, Julia, she has, like, a bookstagram. Everyone go follow her. Shout out. She is – A great reader. We both are great readers. We both read every day, and we have opposite book tastes. Like every fucking book that comes out, like I swear to God, I'll be like I hated it, and she'll be like I loved it, and so we can't share books really. Sometimes (laughs) if it's a tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow situation, the best book of the year, the best book of the year situation, like Yellowface, I'm sure like she read it, loved it, recommended it to me. I'm gonna read it. Like I'm sure with those free food for millionaires, like those books that just like everybody fucking likes. We both like, but she's like, do not buy fourth wing. You're going to hate it. And I'm like, I, honestly, it's kind of good to have her because I'm like yeah. she reads the books that I'm not gonna oh, yeah. like, and I read the books that she's not gonna like. But I am kind of intrigued. Like it does kind of sounds like fun. I'm like, should I buy it? Like, why am I getting like ousted?
1: Buying I know it feels like the the FOMO is intense with that one. The FOMO
0: is there. The FOMO is so there. I think we had
1: over a hundred people last night talking about it at Bad Bitch Book Club because we have people who run that. Yeah, so I don't have to. Yeah,
0: because you're like goodbye.
1: And that's like that's really high for us. Like we will yeah. have to do like breakout rooms in that situation yeah. so that you're everyone like, can this be part of the book club. Absolutely
0: wild. Yes. <laughs> Do you have, like, some advice for, like, a newer reader? I know a lot of, like, my listeners are readers and people who like to read. But I think, like, and, like, applause to Book Talk. Um, I think it, like, has really inspired some people to pick up a book. Like, even if it's the Colleen Hoover of it all. Like, and that's, like, where they're She's getting right? their entrance. Like, entrance. Like, it's a gateway drug. Colleen Hoover is a gateway drug.
1: Yeah. Um, we don't hate Colleen. <laughs> no, we don't hate Colleen here.
0: I mean, I don't – I've never read Colleen. I don't I don't know if I am a Colleen girl. I think Okay. And I hate to be that way because I hate to be like, I hate to be like a see you next Tuesday in that way where I'm like, (laughs) I like literary books, but I kind of do because I know a lot of people read for plot and like they read for like the characters I read for writing. Yeah, I love prose. Like I love Eve Babbitts, and I know it makes me sound like a cunt. Like, I don't know what other way to say it. Like it makes me sound so annoying, but I don't read for plot or character. I always read for prose. I and get writing. It. And so sometimes when it's books like that, that I know the plot's going to be like uh, amazing and that's what everybody's coming for and that's why it's getting made into amazing movies and that's why she's like a New York Times bestseller. I'm like, will I like it though? Because I don't even care if the, a book doesn't have a plot if the writing is amazing. Eleanor Oliphant is completely fine. That book does it really have a plot. No, but like the writing like
1: got me on all another plot. level. All vibes, no plot. No, all I, vibes, I no get plot. it.
0: And then what's the other one? Um, writers and Lovers... Okay, yes. No plot. Yes. No plot. Felt into my soul. Okay. Like, so I think I'm like not a plot driven girl. So I don't know if Colleen is like for me.
1: Okay, here's my question for you Do you like reality TV?
0: Love reality TV.
1: Then you would like Colleen Hoover. So it's (laughs)
0: like, (laughs) but like, it depends. I love the Kardashians. I like the best of reality TV.
1: You're not gonna be a Colleen Hoover girly. Okay. That's for sure. Okay. But there's some of her books where you just read it and you're like, they're, first of all, they're so fast. I think when I read books with prose, which is my preference as well, by the way, I like to sit with it and, like, read and it. Like and, have like, have a glass and of wine Yeah, and like, be so – Exactly. I'm like like, sitting yeah. at a bar. I have, like, um, wine on another day yeah. and, like, an appetizer. On another day. <laughs> and, and I'm just, like – and I'm just, like, I'm feeling myself. Like yeah, it's a yes. mood. It's a vibe. Yes, it's and it usually yes. takes me about a week. Right? Like, a week or two to yeah. read a book that is, like, literary. Like, yeah. Um, a Colleen Hoover book is, like, you're, like – Wow, I just read 150 pages because it reads really, really fast. So, like all of her books are readable in like four hours. Okay. And they're like really juicy. Okay. Um, but I will say some of them are really bad. So what's like the best one? Her best one is um is, is probably Verity, which is her thriller. Okay. Um I'm
0: writing it down for myself.
1: It's it's good. Like it's a good book. But something I like about Colleen. Okay. Um, first of all, I don't like that she dominates the New York Times bestseller list, and I can tell you why that is and why they haven't been able to fix it yet.
0: Wait, why? Uh, well, there we. I've explained to the the crew here that there's like so many problems, like not problems with the New York Times bestseller list, but it's like very. It's not like a USA Today Today bestseller list. It's like a different yeah, bestseller list. It's more like a that. book list, like a choice list, like a partially yes, yes, but it is also based like on numbers on too. numbers.
1: So, um. The New York Times has just historically not been really favorable towards romance novels. So they got rid of their mass market paperback section a few years ago. Yeah. It was completely dominated by romance. Then they got rid of their ebook section oh. because it was getting dominated by some like really naughty stuff Wait, on Kindle so Unlimited. Like, like softcore porn books. Yeah. Love like that. Yes. I love that. And so because of that, they can't, they don't feel like they can step in and make changes to how. The system is currently going and how it aggregates for paperbacks because they know that once again, it would be a hit towards what they consider romance. I don't consider Colleen Hoover a romance writer, but that is why. Um, but Colleen started off making $7 an hour, um, working as a social worker in Texas, like rural Texas, like helping kids and wrote her first book just in her own spare time, self-published on Amazon. She doesn't claim to have like any like real, um, writing talent. Yeah. But she wrote wrote this book, self-published it, made $50,000 on it, was able to quit her job and she actually ended up hiring all the women who worked with her at the social work office okay. to be um, her employees in like c- creating books. Go off. And her boss, who is her boss, at, at social work is like the person who keeps her on her deadlines now oh, damn. as a writer. So she's made everybody in her community rich. She has like spread the wealth. So she's like a good person objectively. Yeah. Um, it's just, when you see something like her, t- 10 of the books in the New York Times bestsellers all being her books and knowing that they're all the quality of a reality TV show, you're just yeah. like, oh my God, why are so many of these books... Why are so many books that deserve this spotlight and this opportunity not getting it? Yeah. Um. But Verity's a good book. And then like uh, maybe like Reminders of Him. That okay. I, it, That's a good one too. Okay. The worst one is November 9th. It's really a thriller. And okay. I think it's a good thing she... It, it's labeled as a romance and like anyone that ships that couple... Find a therapist. Get help. Get, I don't read it, get help. I trust you. Get help.
0: So what is your advice for, like, new readers? Okay,
1: so my advice for new readers would be um, take advantage of your library.
0: Okay.
1: Um, because you don't want to invest in, like, you don't know your favorite authors yet, so you don't know what it's worth spending $17 to $30 on. That's a great point. Um, a lot of libraries have a section that's called Librarian's Choice.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and the librarians know what's up.
0: These bitches know what they is know up. Yeah. and that's
1: how when I first started reading and getting into like reading a lot, I always picked my books from the librarian's choice section of the library. Yeah. So start with some librarians' choices. Um, you know, find a couple book talkers or book. Um, And bookstagrammers who have similar tastes as you, you may not know who they are yet. It takes some trial and error, but you will find them. Um, Get Libby, which is an app so you can get free books on your Kindle. Kindle. Um, But, like, make make use of, like, all the ways to get free books until you figure out what it is that you want to build your shelves with. And once you love a book, then buy it. And then put it on your shelf with so that you can lend it out to friends and look at it and enjoy it. I
0: love that. Um,
1: it would be my would be my recommendation. Unless you're rich and then just like go off, talk to some booksellers, like yeah, make some conversation. Go to
0: the trans, start yes, buying yes. shit. And if
1: you talk to booksellers and you tell them like exactly what you've been reading that you like and you give them like a little formula for what's gonna suit you, they'll like always come back with something. So I, true. I chat it up with booksellers. Oh, so
0: do I. I love to talk to them. Even when I know what I'm going for and I know I might not even take the Rex, like I just want to know what they're they, they, they also want to fucking talk. They yeah. want to. They like that. They like that shit. So kind of switching gears a little bit, you're nine months pregnant, sitting yeah. here. You're looking stunning, full oh, of energy, glowing, you. just beautiful. Are you how are you feeling?
1: Um, I'm really over it now, but I have felt yeah. really good my entire pregnancy. Um, I'm wicked cute pregnant, which I didn't expect. You're I think you're very like,
0: cute pregnant.
1: Thank you. Uh, I feel like my uh, confidence in like myself and the way I look is at an all-time oh, high, me. which is insane. I it's not that. what I expected. Um, But I'm just really ready Like I'm I'm really
0: Yeah I'm ready You're ready I
1: used to be so afraid of birth And now I'm not afraid of birth anymore
0: You're just ready to do it Yeah I'm
1: like let's And like let's people go. are doing it
0: Every day every minute Like Every crazy. day every minute So are you reading any Like new mama books Like are we doing that And like yeah. what are they Yeah I I've don't know it. I don't know if we have new mamas But like maybe just like the girlies that want to know.
1: Yeah, okay. So the t- Emily Oster is like kind of that girl. Like She's like a famous girl. She's a data scientist and okay. so she writes um, Short Expecting Better which is like on Pregnancy in general and then Crib Sheet which is like the first couple years of a baby's life. Um, I find her books to be really interesting. She's a little controversial um, but she's the, also the, that girl. She's Love the one it. that everybody knows about and she, her books are not dense. Um, so I'm reading, her, I've read her books and then um, Bringing Up Bebe mm-hmm. by Pamela Druckmann is about a French, uh, American woman's experience raising her children in France and like kind of seeing the French way of parenting versus the American way of parenting. Super interesting. What Very juicy. A lot of people I know who don't have kids have read this book. I might read Because book. it's juicy. Yeah. It's juicy There's and tea. it's a good audiobook. Um, And I just actually hosted a New Mom in New York book club event Uh, to discuss that book over a French brunch um, last week and it was so fun. It was so cute.
0: I love it. And will you be, I mean, like, I don't know, like, how you could, like, anticipate this. Yeah, but will you be reading a lot, do you think, like, in these first few newborn months, like, do you think those, like, late nights when you're, like, up and whatnot is going to be, like, Kindle City? Or are you, like, anticipating taking a reading break?
1: Um, So I'm taking maternity leave from my book club, so I don't have to read if I can't. Um, But my plan is to listen to a lot of audiobooks. Love it. Because I, I listen to a ton of audiobooks anyways. And so I just figured I'll just keep uh, keep that going as long as I can. My goal is to still finish 100 books this year. I've read 70. Oh, we'll really see tired. if I actually hit it. But yeah. if not, whether I do or not, like, it's okay. Like, yeah.
0: Well, you'll need some time for yourself. And I feel like your favorite thing is to read. So, like, yeah. you'll have to just, like, take those moments as often as you get them. Exactly. Are you building a bookshelf for your son?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And do you
0: have, like, do you have, like, ones he, like, can read? Like, not, like, a picture book. Like, do you have, like, a book that like is like a bridge to Terabithia or whatever, like those types that you grew up with that like you can't wait
1: for him to read when he's like you know maybe in middle school or elementary. Uh, so I'm from Boston, so we have a lot of like classic, and I'm very like New Englandy, so we have a lot of like books that are really famous, like where yeah. that I had growing up. So like Make Way for Ducklings. And, like, Blueberries with Sal, like, those are some books that I like. I'm like, oh, I read this little kid. My mom read them as a little kid. Like, I am excited for the, cl- the classics. Um, we'll also find out if they hold up.
0: Yeah. We'll <laughs> also see, like, what he ends up liking. Like, who knows?
1: Oh, exactly. I mean, he got – he got he's getting a lot of books from publishing houses because okay, they're yeah. just like, congratulations. Here's, like, 75 books. And I'm like, ah. ah you're like, you're
0: going to be so well read. Yeah. My mom likes to take low-key credit for the fact that I'm a writer because she read to me a lot. Like, a lot. Like, more than the average, like, child got read to, I was read to. And I'm like, I bet you that does have something to
1: do with it. Oh, it absolutely does. So maybe
0: you'll have, like, a little, like, bibliophile, little, like – Genius writer child. I hope so. I that mean, books. who
1: knows? Like, he's on the Leo Virgo cusp. Like, anything could anything, happen.
0: Anything could happen. Those are just vastly Truly different idiot. signs. <laughs> really- so, can you tell everyone where they can find you and how they can join the book club?
1: Of course. So, I'm Mac in Style across all platforms. Like, back in style, but with an M. Love it. Um, and you can find Bad Bitch Book Club on Facebook, where the one with a lot of people in it, um, <laughs> as well as Instagram. Um, Bad Bitch Book Club's not on TikTok because I can't possibly make content for two people Um, but yeah anyone can join the book club it's totally free to join Uh, if you want to do like our retreats we did a summer camp uh, last month Um, we had fifty members join that you know we're going to New Orleans in six months Um, if you want to join like the more social in-person aspect uh, you can join Babbage Book Club on Patreon
0: amazing well thank you so much this was so much fun thank you I'm so glad I came bye guys bye